So in this episode, did you know that gold is not just for miners? And what is deep learning? And then success really is bringing people together. gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil and Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. All right, we are rolling. And you're listening to the Oil and Gas Technology Podcast. We're sitting here in San Francisco, and I got a room full of really super smart people here. I got Paige Wilson joining me. How you doing, hey, Paige? Pretty good. It's pretty early for me. <laughs> and then Robin Fell. How you doing, Robin? I'm excellent. Thank you. Good morning. And we all, good morning. Then we also have Staz. Is it Pavlov? That's right. Yeah. And we're all sitting here because we want to talk to each other, but it's also the IBM Think Conference going on, which is just amazing amount of content out there. It's an incredible experience. But we're not here to talk about IBM's conference. We're actually here to talk about some of the work that y'all two have done together. So Robin, you're the strategic, the director of strategic technology solutions for Gold Corp. What does Goldcorp do? So we are a senior gold mining company. We are about to get bigger, but right now we have multiple operations in the North Americas. So we have nine large-scale districts, six mines, four development projects, and three joint ventures. Wow. And you don't sound like you're from California. I'm not, although living in California wouldn't be that bad, would it? <laughs> no. Yes, I'm, I'm from the UK, from the North originally. I spent 12 years living and working in London, and then I moved to Canada to ski. Did you really? I did, yeah. And, are you, and you're still living there? Well, I will die in <laughs> Vancouver. In Vancouver, beautiful. I mean, yeah. it looks like a, po- first time I saw po- Vancouver, it looked like a postcard. It was so gorgeous. Vancouver is the most stunning city in the world. I- We're going to get some pushback from our listeners on there, but I'd put it in the list. I'd put it in the top <laughs> five, in the top five. So, Stav, you work for IBM and you're actually the uh, your partner with Gold Corp, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so, IBM does some really cool stuff. One of the things I want to make sure our listeners understand, especially if you're my age, is IBM is not a big box manufacturer like they used to be, right? IBM is an unbelievably complex technology company that helps businesses solve business solutions with a technology component. And y'all actually did something really cool with Goldcorp, didn't y'all? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, I think uh, people have you know, a picture in mind when they think about IBM from our old laptop days and mainframe days, et cetera. But really we're in the business of uh, helping other organizations achieve their business goals. And, and that's what uh, I think we've been quite successful in doing with Gold Corp here. Mining and oil and gas are extremely close together as far as business culture. Risk adverse, right, because of the danger, tend to not want to look or buy new stuff because that new stuff is a change and that change in itself is a risk, right? Very big focus on health, safety, and the environment. I don't think of super high, cool AI tech projects in the mining world, but y'all did it. So how did this start? This is really a journey, to be perfectly honest. And on all good journeys, you need good partners to work with. I think it's very clear that, especially with with gold mining in particular, a lot of the best deposits, the easy-to-find deposits, have been found using the techniques that we've been using for decades. So it's, it's really clear that to move this industry on, we have to innovate, we have to do things differently. IBM really helps us along this journey to look deep as opposed to taking a few steps on an iterative journey. You know, why not, why not try and leapfrog a whole bunch of steps and go, go crazy with the data that we do have? 
Yeah. So in, in our world, our industry has always been a big data industry. Back to winter, it's even paper mud logs, right? That's data. But we, it's always been siloed. We've never used in our industry. And our, the oil and gas industry right now is just now starting to wake up and realize that that stuff is valuable. That's the same thing y'all did. Y'all had this data, and y'all figured out that by working with somebody like IBM, you could actually do some deep mining of that data and increase your ability to find those gold deposits. Exactly. Um, data is an asset. Not all people, not all companies realize that they should be treating it as an asset. You don't really put it on your balance sheet. You don't appreciate it like you would a truck. But it's absolutely there. You've invested millions, in, in our case, at this particular site. Just one of those databases over the course of 80 years, we probably sunk $2 billion into creating that data set. I want to pause you right there. He said billion with a B, $2 billion. Billion. In adjusted money, drilling is really expensive. Geologists are highly trained, difficult to find folks. So if you spend all that time gathering that data, you put that in a place where it is used, but it's also there to be leveraged in a different way. So if you can take machine learning, in our case, deep learning, and apply those techniques to that data, you can discover something new and discover new techniques. So if I hear what you're saying, you're saying that that solution, that pointer to the gold deposits has been there all along, just no human could find it. Absolutely. The scale of the data is vast in this particular site. Decades and decades of data that's being collected. Some of it in silos, stored with different tools, different methodologies used to collect that data. It's difficult for human beings to look across huge data sets. But with advances in technology, using the cloud and Watson APIs, for example, we can do that. A human being is able to, with this platform look across all the data at once and see macro factors that couldn't be seen before so i'm a bit of a, a tech geek and so i know the fact that this data is there it's siloed it's often in different formats some of it's structured some of it's not structured we all able to, did y'all have to come in and go clean up all that data before you go to work or were you able to bring in something like watson ai and just point it in the right direction bad data is a challenge for any company but it's still an asset, even if some of the data is bad. So one of the challenges I think we all have is that we don't know how bad the data is. If you put that data in one place and you make it available to people, they are more able to find this bad data, look at what the problem is, and potentially fix the data upstream. Then you can reload it into your platform and, and leverage it better. So yes, it's a challenge, but you can use a platform like this to, to improve the quality of the data. Then, of course, when you're, if you have a result or some kind of conclusion from the data set where you know the data isn't perfect, you need to take that with a grain of salt and use your, your human intuition, perhaps, sometimes to, to make a decision. And that's what we do every day with all the data we have. No one has any perfect data at any point in time because there's so much potential data anyways. Yeah, so internally, I'm sure now everybody sees the benefit of doing this. But I'd be willing to bet in the beginning, people are going, what the heck are you doing with all this CapEx funding working with IBM? Did you, have, did you have some internal struggles? I think it's fair to say that we were concerned about the data and the quality of the data. This is a site that has maps hand-drawn on cloth. That is so cool. From the 30s and the, 40s. Yeah. We've taught, with, through machine vision, we've taught the platform to read these maps and pull data from the maps and turn it into structured information. We didn't think it was possible, and actually neither did IBM before we, we tried it. So as we, as we went, the, that whole virtuous cycle around seeing by data, being able to fix it, 
has really brought people around who at the start were kind of concerned about what we were doing and whether it was going to be successful. So Steph, I got to ask you, were you involved in this from the beginning? Yeah, just about. I was about two months behind, I think, the whole process. So when they brought you the cloth maps, did you look at that? When you, I know you had to bring it back to your subject matter, but did you look at that and go, there's just no way we could do this? I mean, the back of your head. Yeah, you know, probably. It, I think we've been lucky enough on our, on our delivery team to have had really, really good folks with geology backgrounds, with specific education as it pertains to, you know, geological matters. So I think we've... Uh, We've been very, very successful in large part to the fact that we've been able to combine, you know, high-level expertise on the geology side, both from IBM and from Goldcorp. And and without that, that, that this project doesn't happen. This project is not successful. So having both the technology landscape as well as understanding of how the business really works and how the mining industry really works was crucial. So Stas, now that I'm able to pronounce your name right without my Cajun accent getting in the way... <laughs> So your team had to come in and learn geology at some level, right? Had to come learn drilling techniques, had to learn all this so you could actually teach Watson what was important, what, what, what was it? Yeah, I, you know, I think there were, there were two things. Yes, yes, we did, and we used our, you know, center of excellence out in Calgary, Alberta, around oil and gas, and, and applied some of those principles to the mining industry because there were some similarities uh, overall. And, and, and two, you know, again, we were lucky enough and successful enough to have folks with geology backgrounds that work for IBM and, and, and those folks being part of the project, I think Robin would attest to, were crucial and, and, and remain crucial to the success of the whole initiative. So that, that was fantastic. Yeah. So Robin, were you surprised that they had geologists and geophysicists in IBM? Not really, no. I have a consulting background. Too. My background has only been mining for the last eight years. So now I have a degree in physics. So I think consulting takes all sorts and all types, and that's why con- consulting organizations can be really successful because they have diversity. And absolutely, to back up what Staz is saying, the secret source in doing this is not to have all the people with all the knowledge. You can't have it. That's kind of why we're building this, this, this platform. What you need are the right people with the right knowledge, and the challenge is getting them to work together and understand each other, to talk in a common language. This is a human problem. This is not a technology problem. And it's one that we solved, and this project did a very good job taking the data science folks on one side, the geologist folks on the other, who are extremely different in their jobs and the kind of things that they do on a day-to-day basis. But they're both smart folks. And people like me, myself, the geologist on the IBM side, the glue between these people to try and pull together that knowledge so that they can understand each other. And once they can understand each other, then they're able to achieve what we've achieved. Yeah, it's interesting. So I uh, officially mentor a bunch of young people and unofficially people reach out to me all the time. And one of the things I'm telling a lot of university students, I don't care what your degree program in, go learn some big data analytics, go get some data science behind you. Because no matter what you're doing very soon in the future, that's going to set you apart from everybody else that you're competing with, right? Because that's, that's the world we're, head, we're headed into. So I find this fascinating. So I love the people side of this. So IBM had the subject matter expertise, had enough ability to understand the complexity of mining and the history and what you're trying to accomplish. But on your end, was there, uh, was there a jump needed in Gold Corp as far as the technology itself, to, to trust the technology, to believe in the technology, believe that it actually made a difference? That's a good question. From my point of view, I've been a data guy for 20 years. So I understand data warehousing, understand centralizing data and leveraging it for business purpose. 
the bit that was new to me was really the artificial intelligence piece. How is it done? What are the techniques? What are the pitfalls? What to watch for? Um, IBM came to us and brought all that knowledge and experience. It's one of the reasons we hired them to, to, to help us with this work is they, they bring a lot of expertise in this area. We taught them a whole bunch of geology. They're taught the data science. And between us, we achieved this, this goal. I still think it's incredible. We're having this conversation that the intersection of mining and data science, it's just like us, the intersection of oil and gas. Exactly. Yeah, it's just, it's an exciting time to be in the industry. It really is. It's, you're, I think both of our industries are going to see revolutions, not evolutions, but revolutions in the way that we do business. And it's funny because it affects things that sometimes people don't think about. Of course, everybody's talking about the bottom line, right? But it also affects safety metrics. Right? When you have less people pushing a shovel or drilling, a dr- less people get hurt. I just think it's a wonderful thing. So I kind of want to circle back around to IBM. So IBM's been around for a million years. 25 years ago, I got started in the industry. I used to compete with your guys. And unfortunately, your guys used to kick my butt all the time to the point that I just gave up and just partnered with them. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But by, IBM is enormous. IBM's a global company. But IBM is not don't, – don't think of IBM as a tech company. Think of IBM as a business solution provider that at some times uses tech. But with y'all's global reach and y'all's the scope that y'all have, there's probably no business challenge y'all can't at least take a look at. But here, So here's my question about that, though. When you get to the micro level, right, when you get to y'all's relationship and the relationships internally, this project had to have pulled y'all together. You had to have learned a lot about mining. And you said you're a data science guy, but you had to learn, uh, probably picked up some really cool stuff around AI, Absolutely. I had to learn geology too, to be honest. Oh, did you really? Yeah. So the, the, the process by which we look for gold was completely new to me at the start of this project. So to, to, for me to understand our business problems, I had to go to site to watch what they do, to listen to them, to look at the data myself. Uh, we all did actually. In minus 40 degree weather uh, <laughs> Celsius sometimes, right? So, Goodness, uh, gee, I can't even imagine. Yeah, I'm cold now. One of the, the research team is actually from Brazil. So we, we shipped them to Red Lake, Ontario, minus 40 <laughs> weather. I, I just want a video of that. I just want the Brazil, and I love Brazil, right? I speak Portuguese, but the Brazilians had to go, where have you taken me? That was a shock to them. Absolutely. If you've not seen snow before and all of a sudden you're in minus 40 northern Ontario, that's a wake up call. But they loved it. We, we took them curling. They I got to stop you. I got to stop you. Yeah, I guess half of our audience has no idea what curling is. Explain unless curling they watch, is. unless they watch the Olympics. Unless they watch the Olympics. Winter Olympics curling, you have a very large, very heavy rock. It's like balls, and you know it's played on ice. You've got to basically get your rock close to the target. But how do they steer the rock? Well, you don't. You kind of you sweep. You kind of you bowl it. You, well, the sweeping is more of a speed thing, and then you. Oh, I didn't realize that. I always thought they were trying to direct it. It's actually keep it. It's it's the spin. Speed it up or the, slow the it spin down. Actually, it has a, a big impact. I'm not an expert, of course, because yeah. I'm I'm British. <laughs> See, I'd, say, yeah, I've I'd learned, say just I've shuffleboard learned. on ice, right? So that that makes oh, sense to a lot of people. It's, that makes sense. Yeah. Shuffleboard on ice. There you go. So I'm not making fun of curling. I, I I love all sports, but the very first time I saw it, the first thing that popped my head is a bunch of university students were drinking one night, and there was a frozen lake. <laughs> And somebody dared somebody, and they started this contest, and now it's evolved to an Olympic sport. Yeah, and it's, it's one of those great social sports that involves plenty of drinking. It's good for everyone. The Brazilians enjoyed it. We all enjoyed it, actually. Good and good for you. It's, it's good for you. You know, and part of doing a project like this is human interaction is important. Building relationships and people growing professionally and personally, so... It's great. We had we had a whole bunch of people. We had uh, a bunch of Americans. One lady from Austin, actually. Oh, okay. she was there. This this project is a success story around 
bringing people together. We had, I think, about 40 people in 11 locations in four different countries working on this project. So using technology to bring those people together, tools like Slack, for example, WebEx, and in-person meetings, you have to have that to build a team. And people can go away, do some work, and then you come together online. But it's a real testament to modern technology. You couldn't have run this project even maybe five years ago. You would have had to put all those people in one room four days a week. So we got to leverage technology to save money and be more productive. Isn't it great that we live at a point where uh, we have the technology tools and we can afford them, that's the other big thing, where we can do that sort of stuff. So we talked earlier off the mic about our editor, Emin, who you, you, the audience won't hear me talk his name, but y'all heard me. He's not, he's in Bosnia? Yes. He's in Bosnia. We've never Currently. met him. Oh, yeah. We've never met him. But how cool is that that we have somebody who works as part of our team, it's literally part of our family, it's on the other side of the world. So I want to come back to, to, to Gold Corp. So this has to be something relatively new for your industry, which y'all pulled off here, right? And what y'all are working on. This also has to be something that if I was looking at you and your competitors and I was thinking, I want maybe to own some, a piece of that, I'd have to set you ahead of, of your competitors. Since y'all have done this project, have you seen the interest in using AI to help find gold deposits uh, increase in your industry as a whole, not just in your company, but as a whole? Absolutely. At the end of the day, we decided to blaze a trail on this. There are the same challenges, not just gold mining companies face, but all mining companies. It's a, it's a big data problem. There is so much data that isn't used. So we decided to be first on this. And, you know, it was a very interesting journey because there were no guarantees we would get to the end. Was that scary? No, I like change. Yeah. I think when it gets to the crunch and you're really hoping it's going to work, you don't know until right at the end that, oh, this, this machine learning stuff actually does work. Without particular challenge, a 3D challenge. It's an underground challenge. And I want to stop you right there. This is unprecedented. You said 3D underground. You're talking about 3D seismic. No. No. Just 3, 3D space. Just 3D three-dimensional data. space. Okay. The data that we have exists in three dimensions. So everyone's used to seeing machine learning to spot a cat. This is spotting a 3D object that's hidden and obfuscated by lots of other 3D objects. Underground, where you have sparse information. You put a drill hole in the ground, you pull up that piece of core, the geologist inspects the core, makes a whole bunch of deductions, you run chemical analysis. But you have to use that small piece of data to try and model what on earth is under there. How big are these structures? Which direction is the gold flowing? All these kinds of things. It's very difficult for, to comp- even comprehend that because you can't look, you can't feel it because it's, it's under the ground. This is hard rock. That particular mine, there are elements of that mine over two kilometers underground. And we have people working in there, mining the gold. But trying to, trying to just model what you think is there, you have to get that right. Because as soon as we start trying to, trying to collect that material, it's incredibly expensive to not only collect it safely, but to bring it to the surface, to mill it, to use all the chemical process that we do to produce the gold. We really need to use data to do that more efficiently. Yeah, it's incredibly it, expensive. It, 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 it sounds impossible, right? It's the same thing in our industry. You're using 3D seismic, seismic to find hydrocarbons, and you want to find hydrocarbons that are recoverable, not just find the hydrocarbons, right? And it almost sounds impossible. What I think is cool is that it used to be you needed somebody that had literally decades of experience. And some of the stuff that he made decisions on, he couldn't even articulate, right? It was something in the back of his head that he learned 47 years ago. But now with machine learning and AI, which are two different things, now with machine learning... You now can replicate what those very experienced geologists can do. 
And at some point, I think it's actually the, the machines could be actually better than the geoscience and geologists because they can look at a thousand data streams a second. It doesn't work differently because he got in a fight with his wife, right? Now, I'm saying all this. The pushback I always get when I talk about this is, oh, you're taking away jobs. But you don't take away jobs. You allow people to do higher quality work instead of the grunt work, like combing through Excel spreadsheets. The whole aspect of data janitorial work is something that almost every company, every person that works for every company has as part of their job. Yep. It's hideous. Export this, mess around in Excel, send this to someone else, manually change it, make some mistakes. The idea here is we can turbocharge the geologists so they don't have to do that messing around and they can actually spend their time thinking and analyzing the results. What often happens when you have some kind of analytic process, forget data and technology, is you will ask a question, you'll get an answer. That answer will then lead you to ask a follow-up question. And really what will happen is you'll end up asking three questions to get to the answer you really had in mind when you started the first question. So if we can contract that whole process, so instead of taking a week for me to give you that answer one, if I can give you that answer in four minutes, you can process the response, give me another question, I can give you another answer in four minutes. And hey presto, within 12 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, we've got to the end of that journey as opposed to the traditional method, which would have been three weeks plus. Yeah, you heard Paige chuckle a little bit when I said Microsoft Excel. I think of Exxon Mobil like immediately our industry, used to, <laughs> and, and, and I love Microsoft. Don't give me any hate about this. I know Microsoft very well, but our industry uses Excel for stuff it's not meant to be used for. And we I use it like a database no, a lot of times, and we really shouldn't. No, I've literally seen like 80 tab Excel spreadsheets, and, and some of it's so old that nobody knew who wrote the original formulas. And I mean, it's just ripe for, for an error to creep in, but we've done it forever. Sounds like y'all probably have some of the same. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we had, I think, eight terabytes of data that we loaded into our platform in the cloud. Goodness. That, that data, we found three terabytes of duplicate information. Wow. So we can get rid of that. Hey, I want to stop you real quick. So who found the three terabytes? Was it the machine or was it the people loading, uploading the, the person? With all of this, the person using the machine. So going very quickly back to the jobs section we're going to make geologists better more productive more effective if anything we'll want to hire more geologists because we're actually doing the geology and more geology it will enable us to do more in less time with less money so this could generate more jobs in our industry and also potentially bring in younger people who might not have come to us in the first place because innovation new technologies they're more exciting mining is not synonymous with exciting new technologies so being able to use, you know, going off topic a little bit, but when you have teleoperated machinery, if you can control a piece of machinery from uh, 100 kilometers away in a nice comfortable office Warm with your coffee office. and a washroom <laughs> available, and you don't have to be underground for 10 hours in a hostile environment, which is, of course, is not as safe as the person in the office. Right. If we can do more of that, we can attract a different kind of worker. So we're trying to do these kinds of things. So mining stays relevant and we can compete in the market for the same resources that other companies compete with. You went exactly where I was going to go with this thing next. Um, Cause we see the same thing in our industry. When you bring in the technology. So like I said earlier, not does it make it safer, but you can do things that you could have done years ago. You could have a senior guy sitting in his house, right? With a couple of displays. You could have the people in the field that don't have the experience that he normally would have where with some type of wearable, right? And you're doing things like augmented reality and you have supervision. This guy can run a whole crew of people and they're safer. They're more productive. And at the same time, 
we're now getting the coolness factor, right? So now we don't have to compete with Silicon Valley as much as we used to because we're doing cool stuff. One of the things I see a lot in, in oil and gas that I don't, it's not prototypes, I've seen working models, is where they have exoskeletons where a human can get in the exoskeleton. Because in our world, when you're doing drilling on land, there's a bunch of things when you move the drill ship that has to be moved. And they're between 500,000 pounds, right? So you got to get a truck, a flatbed, and a cherry picker to move it. And it slows the job down. Now this exoskeleton can go grab it and move these things. And the first thing I thought of when I saw that is, what's the next step? You take the person out of the exoskeleton and you let the machine run it. Now the machine's doing the dangerous work or the, or the risky work. And at the same time, how much more productive are you where you have one guy running, you know, 10 of those machines? Things like drones, right? I mean, it's just amazing what we're seeing change in this industry. And it's really cool to hear it's changing in mining as well because we're facing a talent shortage. I don't, are y'all facing a talent shortage? Absolutely. Yeah. Competing for the best graduates is a challenge, you know, whether it's engineering or geology, any of these disciplines. Yeah. And to be able to say, hey, we got Watson doing some really cool stuff over here. And IBM, I know, is a big supporter of our, our world's young people and of our students out there. But to be able to say, hey, we got a, a version of Watson out here finding gold. You want to come play with this? And I mean, it's just how cool is that to be able to advertise that? It's very cool. And it helps us differentiate. I've got a lot of young people interested in coming to work with us. Um, they've heard about this, this platform. They've heard about this work. So absolutely, there's a lot of excitement. And, you know, it's... It's, it's very interesting to hear their, their take on, you know, they're from a different, different era to, to all of us around this table. And it's fantastic to be able to give them something that is really exciting, but something that they're, they're attuned to those kinds of things. It's not AI has been part of their lives. Yeah. You know, it really hasn't been part of ours. It's becoming, it's, it's getting that way. But even, even just being able to unlock your phone with your face. Very simple, incredibly complicated technology. Yeah, it's, um, I just got an iPad Pro, and it's kind of messes with my head. Every time I pick it up, it just unlocks. And it takes me a second to go, you know how many calculations it made in like one second in order for it to do something that simple? So I want to kind of circle back to the business a little bit. So you, you in partnership with IBM, y'all have created value in a place where value didn't exist, right? You've created real business results that affect the top line, that affect the bottom line. Where does this go next? It's a good question. Of course, with our merger with Newmont, we're working heavily on integration right now. Once we finish with integration, then we'll see what happens next. But this is really exciting technology that, of course, we're going to look at doing more of this kind of thing. Yeah, so one of the things I'm, I've always been curious about, I'm watching this uh, happen in y'all's industry and in our industry, and I'm seeing it kind of trickle out into places you normally wouldn't think of. Things like joint venture contracts, right? Things like blockchain. Blockchain is really cool when you start talking about contracts, you know, and joint ventures because it keeps everything transparent, you know. So it's, it's interesting to watch this stuff that normally wouldn't be adopted quickly be adopted very quickly. So in our industry, all of the major companies in the last, say, two years have brought blockchain in to, especially around their contracts. This technology influx is changing our industry. This, this technology influx is changing your industry. I would not be surprised, and this is going to sound funny, but I would not be surprised with somewhere in the next 15, 20 years that mining starts looking like super sexy, cool, fast. You know, you have all this technology going, robotics, you know, artificial intelligence, extracting minerals from the earth in a way that's environmentally responsible, that's safe for everybody. I mean, it just sounds like a Star Trek episode. Yeah, I think in, in this day and age, every company is a technology company. doesn't matter what industry you're in. We need, we need to leverage what's out there, bring it to our industry so we can get better. There's, there's endless competition all throughout the world. Uh, so we have to look at all these things and really see if there's something we can use. 
even if you know we don't have a mining provider that provides this product to us. In this case, we, we selected a partner and we made something. I think one of the most exciting aspects of this whole initiative is not the benefit to Goldcore, we've talked about that, but it's really the ability for our peers, other mining companies, to also go to IBM and leverage this platform. So we've given IBM the right to work with other companies so they can use the same technology. That's pretty neat. Yeah, I, I, will, even, I will even help so they can understand what it is and what they could get. And then it's over to IBM. They can use this. We're very willing to share. I love this. I love the fact that just a few years ago, that would have been a very competitive, non-competitive statement. And people would have said, no, no, we don't help our competitors. One of the things that we've seen a lot, and I think this is so cool, is companies are sharing safety data. Right, because I don't care if you're a competitor. I want your people to go home safe too, and I just I love that where we're going with this. So now you're talking about removing that same barrier, and, and, and to a degree, I mean, you still compete, right? But you're moving it to a degree with these business solutions that you've helped partner. So you're actually making the world. Oh, this could sound grandiose, but you're making the world a better place. <laughs> Sounds cheesy, doesn't it? It does, but, but it's true. This is for the good of humanity. You know, this this particular application isn't necessarily focused on safety, but it helps. Every, everything helps. And whether there are companies in Canada or the States or anywhere else in the world, if they can leverage this technology, we can be more efficient. To be honest, there's less wastage. If yeah. we can if more efficiently drill and more efficiently mine, it's better for the environment. Much well. better. Yeah. So if our peers can do the same thing, then good on them. So Stas, I have to ask you, what are the odds you get near Brazilian counterparts back to Canada? Maybe not to Red Lake next time, but Vancouver is a little more mild, though we've got about a foot of snow right now, so I don't know if they want to come there either. I just would have, I just would like to have seen their faces, and, and, if, and like I said, I love you, Brazil. I've been there a gazillion times. So, Staz, it's a, we're getting ready to wind this thing down. We've been on the mic just long enough so that people could finish their workout or their commute or whatever's going on, but if people wanted to learn more about how you work with Goldcorp, I'm guessing they can just reach out to IBM. What would be a, a great place for them to go? Yeah, so, uh, you know, there's few different ways. We've got a very strong industrial products a group that's based out of the States here as, as well. So they can reach out to that. It's all available publicly online. You know, Gold Corp was featured in our annual report. So you can read about the, uh, you know, last year. So you can read about that story there. We've got a very, very strong concentration of talent up in Canada around oil and gas on one side up in Calgary. So that we've got a natural resources center that's specifically dedicated oh, we know to, oil and gas to, 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 well. to, to that environment. And now that's obviously expanded to, uh, to mining as well as we've got a number of customers working with us on that front. So, you know, uh, happy to pass information along, you know, off, off the mic in terms of who <laughs> we can reach out to up in Canada. And I know Robin's been a uh, very, very good in sharing the story uh, with customers, competitors, you name it. I think, to your point, Robin, I think it's innovation together is what really makes it uh, makes it work for this industry as well as the neighboring industries as well. So we'll yep. find a way to connect if somebody wants to learn about it. I got, I got this covered. So, hey, folks, we'll put links in the show notes. We'll put links to the case study, which I read through, which is fascinating. We'll also put links so you can reach out to IBM Direct. We'll put links so you can reach out to Gold Corp if you want to learn more of how they're working with IBM. Now, personally, if people want to find y'all, y'all both are on LinkedIn, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll put links to your LinkedIn profiles there as well. So Robin, Staz, thank you so much for sitting down here. I know y'all are busy. We're sitting here at IBM Think Conference. I, t I appreciate your time. But this is a fascinating story, how you're really making a difference. And I love how y'all partner on this. So IBM wasn't a vendor. IBM was a partner. There's a big difference there. Huge, huge difference. It's not possible with a vendor. You have to be in a partnership to do something as, as tricky and as innovative as this. Yeah. So Paige, about time to get out of here. Ready to get out of here? Yes. We're done.
Man, what great conversations that was. We're at the product review section. So we're looking for tech products. Does not have to have anything to do with oil and gas for us to review on your show. So if you know of something that's really cool or if you have something that's really cool, uh, go to the show notes and reach out to us and let us know what it is and we'll, we'll review your product on the show. Disclaimer, a lot of times companies give us things. So we try not to bias our reviews. So if you give us something and we think it's really cool, we'll let you know. And if it needs some improvement, we'll let our audience know that as well. Uh, it's time for the giveaway except Flutour and I are working on some top secret stuff, so we can't reveal what the giveaway is yet. I promise you by episode six or seven, we'll be giving away something really cool every week, so listen for that. And then go check out the website. If you like the show, go check out oilandgastechpodcast.com. That's oilandgastechpodcast.com. While you're there, give us your email. We promise never to spam you, and this way you get alerted when we do something really cool or new. And while you're out there looking for places to join, go check out our LinkedIn group. It's OGGN.com on LinkedIn. Our LinkedIn group's strong. It's the companion to this show and all of our other oil and gas podcasts. So we are making sure that you don't get left behind one podcast at a time. And here are events on deck with Julie. Hey everyone, it's Julie here with the events on deck for May 2019. We have our Midland Happy Hour on May 21st at Midland Beer Garden, and it will be from six to nine. And then we have our Houston Happy Hour and it's going to be at the Canon from 6 to 9 on May 28th. This month, we have the Oil and Gas Smart Contracts Conference on May 15th and 16th. And we will actually be launching another one of our new podcasts live from that event. So check it out. The link is in the show notes. We have the Merge Market Energy Forum on May 21st. At, it's in Houston. Just check that out in the show notes. And then we have a charity event, Golf for Good. That's a golf charity event for Redeemed Ministries. That's going to be on June 11th, 2019. And they are still looking for sponsors. So check that out in our show notes. And if you want to sponsor or register, just click the link in the show notes. And that is it for the month of May. Some events on deck in the, the coming months. We have Shoot for the Future, a clay shoot on Friday, July 26th, and then NAPES, and the, the NAPES summer is coming up in August, and that is it for our upcoming events. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.